Come on. Strong, the powerful Ryan Estes is an entrepreneur, a podcaster. He is the co-founder of Kitcaster. They are they are an organization on a mission to put startup founders on the world's top podcasts. I'm excited to have you on. Ryan, tell us a little bit about your personal life, a little bit more about your work, and why you do what you do. You bet. Thanks so much for having me on the show, George. I really appreciate it. So, um, yeah, I live in Denver, Colorado. I've, uh, I'm married. I've got two kids in middle school. Um, a little bit about me personally. I used to train Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and since the <laughs> the quarantine, mostly I'm just walking around the park. <laughs> Um, but I feel really fortunate to do that when the, in the beginning of, um, kind of lockdown, I was getting a little bit manic with my exercise. So I I would go to the park and run sprints Mm. and I got a little carried away and ended up like tearing some fascia in my foot. So it took me about six months to be able to really walk around the park this year. (laughs) So I'm very happy to be doing that. And since we're on the backside, I'm going to call it the backside of COVID. Um, I'm really looking forward to get back in, uh, getting back into the gym. Um, like you mentioned, I, I have a, a company called Kitcaster. Um, we work largely with funded startup founders, um, successful entrepreneurs, C-suite executives, um, folks that have a story to tell. And we book them on the world's top podcasts. Um, so you know, the people we get to work with every day are are folks like you. You know, talkers um, that want to get out there. Uh, and talk about their products, but but also I think what if there's a thread that runs through all of them, you know, being kind of a change maker for for the positive in the world. Um, so that's a little bit about Kitcaster. We're we're a team of 14 now. Um, half of us are working remote. Half half of us are in an office, kind of co quarantining. Um, although we're we are socially distanced in the office, we were in a uh, co op workspace that housed about 35 businesses, um, but the co-op and almost all the businesses went under because of COVID. So now there's three businesses in 4,000 square feet. Mm. So we're pretty spread out in there. <laughs> but Social distance um, check. <laughs> social distance check. Yeah, we can, you can, you know, <laughs> skate over to somebody in the next desk. <laughs> We've got about 10 feet of desk space a piece. So it's working. Nice. Well, I appreciate yeah. appreciate that. So you started podcasting in 2013. A long time ago. Yeah. I was kind of like podcasting when I would still download podcasts on my iPod, huh? which is pretty weird. Um, it was like, I think it was about the time, it's like maybe iPhone 1, iPhone 2 when I started where you couldn't stream them because there wasn't enough memory on your phone, you know? So... I've been doing it for quite a while, and uh, it's just something that I've always really loved. You know, I just think the medium is amazing, so um, it's a it's a real privilege to be able to do it every day. Yeah, cool. It's it it it, it is such a cool medium, right? And so, did you just just discover them somehow? I don't even know. Uh, it, it's it's funny that 2013 wasn't that long ago, but in podcast years, it seems like it's 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 it might as well be a lifetime ago. Were, were there a yeah. lot of shows back then? You know, I even, I think I started in 2010. Oh. 
well, let's see. Uh, my daughter's 13. So it, it would be probably about 11 or 12 years ago when I started. Okay. Um, my, my last podcast or my current podcast started in 2013. Um, yeah, th- I kind of fell into it serendipitously. So I had heard the term podcast, but, um, I, I, you know, just overlooked it. I just figured it was people talking about computer stuff. Mm. Um, but at, at the time I had just left my career in quotes in, in music. Um, I was kind of a performing and touring musician here in Denver, independent or local music musician, as it were, and had two small children and basically had to hang my hat up from um, podcasts or from from music because it's not necessarily the fulcrum of commerce. So (laughs) I I went looking for greener pastures um, and found myself in a bit of a funk, you know, the blues, depression, whatever. Um, And I try to try to kind of run it down, you know, what what's the problem? Um, and I thought I was missing the music. Um, but I think it was, I missed my friends. So I had this, this like kind of brutal commute, you know, it was about an hour and 20 minutes each way. And I kind of got sick of listening to my music real quick. Sure. Um, and, uh, I was kind of corresponding with this, uh, 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 expat Zen monk in Korea named Henry Grevenberg, who's a great guy, um, talking to him on Twitter, kind of having fun with Twitter. Um, and he had this series of essays called Field of Weeds that I really liked. And it was about his time um, moving from the monastery in Korea to L.A. and kind of like the juxtaposition of working as a carpenter in L.A. And uh, the the essays were just amazing. And anyway, in the through talking to him on Twitter, he's like, "Hey, I'm putting these on a podcast." And I was like, "I heard heard of that. What, how do I make this happen?" So, just got over there and and kind of like just fell in love with his voice. And like, I was like, "Whoa, this is really interesting." You know, I guess I didn't have much experience of book on tape, except for, I guess I had the the Alan Watts. 24 mm. disc series nice. that thing was awesome yeah um so so he basically um I, I find these podcasts and then i started getting into categories and then you're like wait a minute oh my gosh there's podcasts about absolutely everything you know and found comedy podcasts and at that point i was like you know what i'm gonna do a podcast mm-hmm. and so i was able to get all my band buddies back together and i'm like hey guys i know i know the band's over but let's have band practice without the music. And it was, it was, it was, it was so fun. You know, I just, I loved it. It it made me feel great again. Um, And probably I've been doing it pretty consistently since then. This episode is brought to you by Money Alignment Academy. If you are looking for a financial wellness platform for your company, your organization, and your employees, check out moneyalignmentacademy.com or click on the link in the notes of the show. I, I, I love so much about that story. I, I love that you were corresponding with an expat monk in Korea who then came back to the United States to become a carpenter in L.A. I think that that, that might be my favorite part, but certainly Alan Watts is, is, is incredible. I don't even know how I got turned on to him, but uh, certainly enjoy uh, just listening to him talk, and I do that on YouTube a lot of the time. So... Nice. Yeah. So, yeah. Ryan, you seem like a 
you know, I, I don't know if the term Renaissance man is, is, is appropriate, but it certainly seems like you have a lot of different interests. And uh, I, I, I saw on your profile that, that you consider yourself to um, be also a practitioner of work-life balance. So we'd love to hear a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's a fair assessment. You know, I, I, I think I'm, I'm maybe that's a polite way to say it, a Renaissance man. I'm kind of scatterbrained. <laughs> it might be a more realistic way. I, you know, I've got the fidgets. I just, I, it seems like, um, I don't know, they, they talk about old soul, new soul. I feel like I'm a brand new soul that just has like these wide open eyes to everything. And I just want to run around touching everything. Um, so, so yeah, you know, work life balance, um, I, I don't know how I feel about it anymore. It might be kind of a myth. I think there might be more kind of a flow, you know, there for a while I was, I was really intent on finding this perfect day and just chaining them together. You know, that perfect day being, you know, waking up early, training really hard, coming home, cooking um, breakfast for the family, getting everybody to school and where they need to go, going to work, being incredibly productive and helpful, focused, um, clear, having a very um, strong starting stopping point, being able to put work away, come home, have an amazing dinner, connect in a deep and meaningful way with my kids and my wife, um, have a little time at the end of the day to pursue some creative projects, um, tuck myself into bed and sleep for eight hours. You know, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> for for many years, I really worked hard on, you know, putting that together, you know, every single day. And um, I think the uh, I'm, I backed off on it a little bit, obviously, <laughs> with COVID, everything kind of went out the window. Um, and so started instead of pushing for um, making everything better or making everything as best as it could be, I kind of changed my attitude to let's not make it worse. Hmm. And that, that has really helped. Um, I, I think that especially in, if it's times of crisis and crisis can sound, I guess, kind of dramatic, but just when times of stress and you know the whole planet's under stress, Sometimes our best intentions can um, backfire and be be actually hindering ourselves. So kind of sticking in that, you know, let's not make this worse. Am I making this worse has at least caught, created some inaction, um, which I think, you know, over the last year has been important. Fair enough. Interesting. Yeah. Can you give me an example of a time, if you don't mind? Uh, you said, you know what, I was going to do this, but maybe I'll pump the brakes because it might make it worse. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of interactions with staff or clients. <laughs> you know, work is great, um, but it, it, this is might be just an iteration of that, but something my, my uh, uncle said, which was like, you know, um, never make a decision when the sun's, if the sun's gone down. Mm. You know, which is another way just to say sleep on it. Yeah. You know, so I, I think that um, particularly w with what we do, we're dealing with a lot of email, digital communication, which can be interpreted a million different ways. And also digital communication, I think, takes on a, a certain impersonal 
um, flavor and patina by whatever particular emotion the person who's sending it has. Um, <laughs> so there's been plenty of times I've deleted entire emails and just not sent anything until mm-hmm. the next day because I'm like, this isn't making it better. In fact, it could be making it worse. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think it's particularly that it's helpful with digital communication where, you know, sometimes just saying nothing is is best. You know, let that drift for 12 hours. It's not a big deal. Amen. That's uh, sleeping on it. And we're talking about decisions that you're emotionally charged by or whatever, I think is just brilliant advice. And uh, that serves me extremely well because more often than not, a lot of time my initial impulse uh, to tell somebody to go shove it is not very fruitful. So, yeah. I agree. So, <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> this is a this is a time, Ryan. I've been thinking a lot about a lot about how human beings and my, myself certainly included in that human being category that 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 we crave patterns and we crave certainty, and that that the pandemic and COVID has taken away a a, a, a lot of that um, from us. And I've been trying to to find the silver lining to all of it and to look really look for the. Uh, a lot of the good things that that we can uh, take out of it. Um, how 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 are you thinking about that? Yeah, you know that's so true. Um, I I'm a Buddhist. Um, and I guess I, I could say an American Buddhist because American Buddhists are you know a little bit um, anxious about being Buddhist because we're <laughs> Americans. <laughs> but um you know some of the principles you study it, um from those teachings is that certainty is an illusion that um everything is a change all the time um and if you kind of look in a focused way you can actually kind of uh witness that or experience that um uh, so i had the intellectual kind of commitment to understanding that <laughs> however you know the the what we all want to do is is create a place that's like safe, you know, where you can be vulnerable a little bit, where mm-hmm. you can take your armor off and sleep naked. And, you know, we need those things. Um, so kind of from the B- Buddhist perspective, you know, where you find these challenges is usually your place of practice. You know, <laughs> the cartoon idea of, uh, it, oh, it, I just love it, but, you know, you see like the kids that, are meditating or practicing in cartoons, which is a common trope. And they're always like in some beautiful spring field um, where the sun is shining and a little doe is skipping across the grass. You know, it's like, it's like the, the, the hippie kid in the cartoon is the one that's like talking about kind of spiritual practice. Um, but when you study it, you realize that like the, the places of contention and challenge that's actually your practice, um, which sucks. You know, <laughs> I wish, I wish it was a beautiful little meadow. Sometimes it is, but sure. often you, you find yourself um, wrestling with the, this kind of principle. You know, um, how to find uh, some kind of peace and um, kindness and compassion in in the midst of of some massive uncertainty. You know. I think we kind of have an advantage being 12 years or 12, 12 months, geez, 12 months past the kind of the initial onset of COVID. But, you know, the first two months were real scary, you know, when it was like, Oh my God, are we all going to die? Like, what is this? Sure. 
So, you know, kind of working through that, I think, create a little space for me personally of like, okay, you know, how can I, how can I find space here? How can I find um, kindness? How can I be helpful? Um, how can I not make anything worse right now? Um, kind of sticking there and, and working out of that, you know, so um, understanding that the, um, that it's kind of hard to find it, or maybe it's impossible to find security that everything's changed. I think that's okay for me because um, it's consensual, <laughs> but I do know that like my kids need to feel um, safe and they need to feel protected and they need to feel um, certainty, even though it's an illusion, they can, they can deal with that philosophically down the road if they decide <laughs> so. <laughs> but um, it, for, for me, kind of embracing that uncertainty has allowed me to provide uh, the illusion of certainty for them. So I, I think that's probably the, the, if I, if I could do the best, that's the best I could do right now. I love it. Well, you obviously have made a career in, in podcasting. Is there something or some things that you're most excited about that you see coming, uh, sort of on the horizon for the, for the space? Mm, you know, I just think the growth in the space, the space is really exciting. You know, I'm, uh, passionate about the medium. Um, I think we're seeing, the outcomes of, of the innate kind of toxicity of digital communication um, in, in the Facebook comments, it's pretty clear mm. what's going on in there or Twitter or cancel culture, or just general nastiness. Um, but I think podcasting promotes the exact opposite of that. It, it brings out kind of humans innate nature to connect with each other and um, find meaning and, and build something in the conversation. Um, so I think the more that people do it, uh, the better it is for everybody, you know, you know, getting to know you just from this phone call, you know, I had to wake up early. I was like, Oh, I'm talking to George this morning. That's what's he going to ask me, you know, get butterflies a little bit. Um, I think all of those experiences are, are really important and can be totally transformational. Um, it was for me, you know, so I, I think that just the growth in the space, I think we're still in the infancy. I'm super bullish on podcasting, obviously. Um, so I'm excited to see where it goes. Love it. Well, Ryan, the people are ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? It's just sticking in the pocket and don't make it worse. <laughs> don't make it worse. Um, so much energy goes into trying to be better, do better, do more. And um, just take a step back. And just don't do anything that makes anything worse. Well, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can people engage with you? You bet. Um, I have a podcast called Talk Launch um, that has not been updated in about a year. So <laughs> I am committed to coming back. You can find me on the Talk Launch podcast. If you're interested in podcasting or podcast services, check out kickcaster.com. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Ryan your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Check out KitCaster, K-I-T-C-A-S-T-E-R.com, and check out the Talk Launch podcast as well. Thanks again, Ryan. Thank you so much, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. This episode is brought to you by Money Alignment Academy. If you are looking for a financial wellness platform 
for your company, your organization, and your employees, check out moneyalignmentacademy.com or click on the link in the notes of the show.